In the month of October, uh, a team of five people from our denomination, mostly within Saskatchewan, but one person from Alberta, uh, went on a trip to uh, our Asian Spice region, um, and I was one of those people. Joanne Greenwood, as well from our church, was one of those people, and then, and then a few others who uh, I introduced you last week, but I don't have the picture and, and don't feel it necessary to introduce to you, uh, them to you again uh, this week. And I have felt, uh, because, you know, there would have been uh, some of you who, who uh, supported me through prayer, through finances, I think uh, it was a, a bunch of my uh, time from work that I was away from here and that I was elsewhere for our denomination and, and, uh, and doing those things. Uh, and because we are connecting with uh, one of our international workers whom we have sent out from our church. Um, I felt the need to share with you different, different aspects of the trip, and because the purpose of the trip was prayer, that we were going to pray, that we were going to pray for our national leaders there uh, from, the, from the country, that we were to pray for uh, our international workers who were over there, we were to pray for the different regions that we were in. Um, I felt as though me sharing with you uh, some of the things that I've learned on prayer uh, would be a, a good use of um, my experience and a good way to kind of share this stuff. And so last week, uh, the lesson that I shared with you is that prayer is not a gift. Uh, it is not something that God has only given as an ability to a few, uh, but that it is a calling to all of us as Christians. Uh, and that is absolutely essential for us, uh, for our Christian walk, and it is something that all throughout Scripture you hear over and over again to pray, that we are to pray. Um, this week, I'm going to share with you uh, another lesson that I have learned. Um, the, the trip to this other country, and I do need to mention just again, the vagueness of the language is because this is being recorded, uh, and our international workers are, uh, where we were, are in countries where the gospel is not welcome, and so to share too many specifics of location, names, different things like that, um, is uh, possible for, for them to be uh, put at risk of being um, discovered and then being removed from the country and their work kind of being uh, done for uh, the season or for a while. And so the, forgive the vagueness of the language, but that's why, and I hope you can still connect to it uh, even though there is a vagueness there. Um, we, uh, the, the, the trip to this other country was quite long. It's the longest uh, flight that I've ever been on, but it was also the most comfortable uh, plane that I've ever been on, which was quite nice. But when we get there, that. That's not really an important detail. <laughs> when we got there, we got there early in the morning, if memory serves, and we had kind of a day to um, relax, to sort of maybe catch up to the time zone change, to uh, maybe get used to the culture a little bit, to catch up to the lack of sleep that we've likely had, uh, and to just sort of get settled in. But the next day, they just put us to work right away. Uh, we got up early to get breakfast from one of the street vendors that was around, or several of the street vendors, um, and then we got to work. I think at 9 o'clock we had a, a couple uh, of national workers from the country come in, and, uh, and we were to hear uh, a part of their story, what it is that they were going through, get to know a little bit about them through our international worker who was translating for us. We were to hear some of their story, and then we were to pray for them. And so we had about an hour from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock to do that with them. And so 
Um, we, we did that with them, we engaged with them, and then at 10 o'clock we had another person come in and we spent from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock with them listening to their story a little bit and then uh, praying for them. And then at 11 o'clock we had uh, another person come in and we did the same thing. We then had a lunch break where we went to um, join in with uh, our international worker, uh, two more international workers from uh, the States, I don't know if it's that way, but it feels like it's the right way to point. <laughs> uh, two international workers from, from the States, uh, and then a bunch more uh, interna- uh, national leaders from the country. We had uh, lunch with them, and then we uh, prayed as well for groups of them, that there was um, six of us in our team because of our international worker joining in with us, uh, and that three of us would pray for uh, uh, I think there was two different kind of sets of people and then another group would pray for another two sets of, of people and it was the same thing. We were to listen a little bit to their story uh, and then we were to pray for them and we spent um, the early afternoon doing that. V- right away, I think it feels like it was right away, Joanne. My, my memory is so hazy <laughs> uh, as I'm looking back on this. Probably because days just blend into each other when we were there. But um, the, the, as soon as we were done there, uh, maybe a little bit of time to just sort of sit around. Uh, and then we went to a university, a local university that one of the international workers from the States uh, was working at, that he was teaching there. And we then went there. He gave us a little bit of a tour. Uh, and as we toured and we went to different classrooms, we, we prayed for those classrooms, that we spent time together as a group uh, listening for what God would want us to pray, and then we would pray into that, and we joined in. And that took us to about dinner time, And then I, we were, I was zonked. I don't know about the rest of the group, but I was like done. By the, at the school, when we were praying in the rooms, I didn't have a whole lot to offer uh, because me being what I've told you, like one of the more inexperienced people on the team, this was like a whole day of kind of praying was, was pretty brand new for me. Um, and this is, this was pretty normal for our trip. In the evening, I think we went to a market, and the plan was to go and pray for somebody there, but we never got the opportunity to do that, uh, but that was still in the plan, and so even that, thinking of that, it's like, oh, we're going to pray for another person. This is a great opportunity, but wow, that's uh, pretty exhausting, and this was like four or five kind of days straight of this, uh, and then we, we went to another area. I got sick, and then I got a day off because I couldn't do anything, uh, and that was actually not a blessing. I wasn't blessed to be sick, but it was kind of, um, it was a good break. Anyway, the lesson that I've learned in all this um, is, is this. Prayer is work. Prayer is work. Prayer is effort. Prayer is tiring. Prayer is uh, an investment of yourself into something. Prayer is work. I know that I've said before uh, in, in this church that prayer is uh, part Uh, doing nothing and prayer is also part doing something. That is doing nothing in the sense that we are uh, to enjoy God, that we are to be before God, that we are to uh, be in relationship with Him, and it's not necessarily something that we need to be concerned about if it is accomplishing much, other than being connected to God, which actually accomplishes quite a bit. But prayer is also doing something, uh, that it is um, meaningful and productive activity. The, the work of the first day of prayer that, that, that we were in this other country, um, we were to uh, engage with people that we didn't know. We were to listen to their stories through an interpreter. Um, and so to do that, you're wanting to show the person that you're paying attention to them. 
as they tell, as they speak, even though you have no idea what they're saying. Uh, and so you're showing, uh, for me anyway, this is my hang up. It's like, I want to show that I'm engaged and trustworthy and actively listening. And even though I don't understand what's going on, I'd like a polite nod or like a mm-hmm, yeah, is a, are, are things that kind of come out of my mouth sometimes. That's, that's an active listening thing is to stay engaged with what's going on. Uh, so we were to listen to them and then listen to our translator and then listen to them and then listen to our translator. We were to then be invested in their story. We were to then pray for them, and, and our method of prayer as we were there was to, uh, we, we would get around them, we would put our hands on them, and then we would listen for what it is that God would say to us. If there was any prompting, if there was any picture or image or scripture verse or whatever, and then we would feel when we were ready to kind of pray that into the other person's life. We were to listen to God while we were also trying to listen to the other people who were praying because often they would pray something that would dictate what we would pray next. Or actually sometimes people would pray exactly what we were feeling like God was telling us to pray. That was one of the neatest things, was when somebody prayed something that God had already just placed on your heart. Uh, and that was just always very affirming and encouraging. But we were to listen to God, listen to the others. We were to pray for these strangers and into these situations that we knew very little about. And my feeling, my sense is that we were to pray and we were to try to pray with specificity, not just these vague prayers, but that God wanted us to pray specifically into their lives, that, that I felt like we were supposed to pray with effectiveness and power. This is what we were coming here to do, was to pray and to bless people, and God enabled us to do this. Um, but it was also really hard work. It was really hard work. And at the end of our days, I know that I was uh, incredibly exhausted. Prayer is something that takes effort and concentration. Right? How many times have you started to pray and then felt your mind just sort of go somewhere else? And then you're like, oh, right, I'm supposed to be praying. Okay, bring it back. And then you feel your mind go somewhere else. And you're like, oh, I got to. And eventually maybe you just give up and you're like, okay, I'm just thinking about this now. That's fine. But prayer takes effort and concentration. It's something that does require work from us, that we actually have to invest a, a big part of ourselves in what it is that we're doing. There was a, a couple that we were to pray for in one of the stops that we had. And I don't know if this happens to you, but immediately after meeting them, I didn't like them. <laughs> there was just something about them in the way that they were saying, something that they were doing, their, their, their perceptions and everything like that, that I, I, I felt in my heart like, oh, I want to just disagree with almost everything that these people are saying but that's rude. I need to just listen, and we're here to pray for them and all that kind of stuff, because we were there to listen to what was going on, and then once again to uh, pray for them. And maybe this was a Canadian-American thing, right? Like, we don't always understand each other between the countries. We, we are similar, but we're also quite different. I'm not really sure what it was. Um, but I remember just sort of feeling this, and then it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is what I'm thinking uh, about these people, and now I'm to pray for them. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, I'll just kind of sit back. I don't have to really invest in this. And I've prayed a bunch of stuff already today, so other people will, will kind of get involved. But then as we went to prayer and as I began to, um, you know, you close your eyes, you have your hands on the people, and you're sort of starting to think, um, I felt God sort of prompting me to go a little bit deeper. And it's like, well, why are you feeling that way? Why are you feeling what you're feeling? And it's like, well, 
And I began thinking about that. And, and, you know, sometimes when we have a problem with somebody, it's because they remind us of somebody else that we've had a problem with. Uh, when we have that sort of initial contact with somebody, we have this feeling where we're like, ugh. <laughs> because they, have, they look like or they act like or they speak like uh, somebody who's maybe hurt us in the past. And that can sort of color our whole perspective of them. So God kind of showed me, like, this is, this is what's going on here. Like, this individual, one of them specifically reminds you of somebody else. And I want you to lay that down at my feet, and I want you to pray for them passionately. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess so. And so that was, that was work that I had to do. I had to actually look into my heart, listen for what God was telling me, do the work of laying that down at God's feet, and then I was actually able to pray for them passionately with uh, specificity, and I feel like with effectiveness and with power. But it wasn't until I did the inner work to be able to say, okay, God, why is this barrier here? Why is this block here? That I was able to invest in them and that God was able to invest in them through me in that way. Prayer is work and that it takes effort, it takes concentration, it takes involvement from us. Prayer is work, I also believe, in that it accomplishes things. Things get done because we pray. We have this tendency, I think, to look at prayer as passive, and anything that involves my own effort of uh, doing something, building something, fixing something, running something, as active. And that we can have this tendency to say, this feels like it's not worth my time because I know that there's so many things that need to get done. And so I need to put my effort over here, and while I'm over here, I'll, I'll say a couple of prayers while I'm doing it. And so we have this understanding of prayer as being this passive activity that actually accomplishes nothing, but prayer actually accomplishes much. That there is actually a lot of things that get done because we pray. We don't have a prayer time here in the morning because we feel as though it's, it's, it's only great to hear people's stories and, and, and perspectives. That is a, a great benefit of our prayer time, but we believe that as we pray, something happens, that God does something, and that through our prayers, um, there is something that's being accomplished. I think that prayer is action. Prayer is doing something. Prayer is what fuels uh, our, our, actu- our, our action beyond that, um, and that I actually do believe as well that there are things that can only be accomplished Uh, through prayer. There are things that can only be accomplished through prayer. There's a story in Mark uh, chapter 9, uh, 14 to 29. We're not going to go into the whole thing, but I'll kind of summarize it for you. It's just after the transfiguration, right? Like Jesus has taken three of his disciples up onto this mountain, and Jesus himself has been transformed into like glorious bright light is what uh, is what the disciples can see. He's like taken um, a, a glorious shape uh, and like Moses and Elijah have kind of come and appeared there and the three of them have met. Uh, and three of the disciples have been there and witnessed this and said, oh, this is amazing, this is incredible. And then everything kind of goes back to the way that it was uh, and they head back down the mountain. On their way down the mountain, uh, they come across the other disciples who are actually engaged in an argument uh, with some religious leaders and just with some general uh, people from a crowd that are there. 
And Jesus comes down and he says, well, what's, what's going on? What's he arguing about? And it turns out that a man, a father, had brought his son, who is possessed by a demon, uh, to Jesus' disciples, uh, and they were not able to cast the demon out. Uh, and so the arguing is kind of going along there. And so then Jesus kind of engages uh, with the father and with the boy, and he asks the father, you know, how long has this been happening? Uh, because the spirit is, is, is tossing him around and all this sort of stuff. And, and the father says, well, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Verse 23, Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And so when Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, well, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Now, we don't necessarily see Jesus uh, pray in this story in the way that we would normally consider prayer, but this could also be referring to the fact that he is commanding the demon to go out is in a way a prayer. It could mean that Jesus himself is obviously a man of deep prayer, that he knows what's going on, and that he is speaking out of a place of, of a heart of prayer as he, as he speaks to this demon and casts him out. But we see Jesus here say that there are things that can only be done by prayer. There are things that can only be accomplished through prayer. For this young boy, the freedom for him from this uh, infliction could only come through prayer or from a person of prayer. And in times of, in times and in situations of powerlessness, the only thing that we have to do is to pray. We were in an airport, and we were, uh, obviously what you do in an airport is you fly from one place to another. Details filled in. <laughs> we got there a little bit late. Uh, the airport was, was busy, and, uh, and we got there with, um, you know, some time. And, and, and when we got there, I don't know what it was about that morning. I feel like I was agitated in my own spirit, in my own life. I'm not usually concerned about time. Like people have said that I have a fluid sense of time. Uh, but when I don't, in that situation, the fact that we were uh, a little bit late, the fact that like sometimes we were kind of dawdling around as a group, like we would walk somewhere and then we'd stop and we'd talk for a little bit and then we'd walk somewhere else and we're trying to figure out where we were going and, and we were just going very slow. I felt my spirit just get so agitated because I'm like, we're going to be late, like we're going to miss something, this is going to be terrible, like we have to get moving. Um, and we got our 
tickets and there was a delay over while we were getting our tickets and then we're going through security and the lineups are, the lineups are a little bit long. Uh, and I was concerned as we're going through security and, and so I, I got through finally and I put all my stuff in my bag and I sort of saw one of the other group members and we began walking like quickly over to our gate, which had changed. We started going one way, found out that it was changed and we had to go the other way. And my spirit is just continually getting agitated. And we get to our gate and there's only two other people that are there. There's six in our group. And so we're saying, like, what's going on? And they said, oh, well, this person uh, went through and they got stopped, like they got pulled aside. And so we had to send, like, our international worker back because they don't speak the language, but this person does. So they're back there trying to sort it all out and everything. And so that's what's happening. And in my, inside my spirit, I just keep getting more and more agitated. I'm like, we should have been here earlier. I'm so angry. We shouldn't have dawdled around. Like, <laughs> Obviously, because my anger and my worry and anxiety and all that is going to accomplish a lot of things in this situation. Uh, when you get angry at something, it makes it all better, right? That's, uh, that's generally how it works. It doesn't. <laughs> but that was my reaction in this time. Whereas the rest of the team, much wiser... <laughs> And, and, and oh, more Jesus-like than myself, um, said, well, we should pray. And I'm like, oh, pray. <laughs> All we do is pray. Rah, rah, rah. Um, and so then they did. I think I was kind of, I, I uh, in my immaturity, I think kind of sat off a little bit and was just um, frustrated, kind of looking at the time. And, and we began, and they began to pray, and we were praying that this would happen. And, and I think, I don't know exactly what occurred, but I think maybe the plane got slowed down a little bit, or they were just gracious, and they were waiting for us. And finally, the rest of our team showed up, and we got on the plane, and we, uh, like, just in time, and we, and we made it to this other spot. But in this situation, like, none of us had any connections to anybody within the airport. Most of us couldn't speak the language. We had no power in what's going on. I mean, airport security is a very powerless situation. <laughs> you have no control of what's happening. And the only thing, really, that we were able to do and that I should have realized was ours to do was to pray. Because we had no control. Yet we know that God ultimately has sovereignty over all things. There's so many situations in our life that we are uh, powerless to change. Whether it be health situations with loved ones, whether it be financial situations, whether it be uh, larger kind of governmental situations within our, our world and our lives. And I'm not saying that we need to be sort of fatalistic and not take action on things but I think that we overestimate what we can do in our own power and that we underestimate what it is that we're able to accomplish through prayer. We overestimate what we're able to do, what my hands can do, what my voice can do in so many situations that we'll turn to that so much quicker um, and maybe you're not, you're not there, but I think a lot of us will turn to that, our voice, our actions, our hands, and our work uh, quicker than we will turn to prayer and the work that can be accomplished through prayer. Because prayer moves things. Prayer does things. In our preparation for our trip, we so often would be, we'd be spending, you know, I think two hours in prayer for the four hours that we would meet worship and prayer. 
And as we prayed, there would be different things, and, and as we, you know, prayed walk, prayer walked and, and different things like that, some things would come up, but there were always these kind of themes that would come out as we prepared for our trip that we felt were kind of guiding us, that we felt were giving us uh, things that we were to be looking for, things that we were to be paying attention to. Like, we had this idea that we were to be praying for leaders, that that was one of the impressions that came. There were different scripture passages and songs that came our way that we felt like were significant to our, our trip that we were to pay attention to. And a couple of the details that came our way was something along the lines of like, you know, you always have this question, like, well, if you're going, if you're praying, if that's your, if that's your mission trip is prayer, like, why don't you just stay here and just pray. Save everybody the money <laughs> of traveling over uh, and, and just do your prayer here because what's it going to change over there? But one of the impressions that we had um, was that as we placed our feet on the ground, that things would shake. That there was a, a shaking and a moving of things that were going to happen. And so this was one of the impressions that we had. And I remembered walking through one of the cities that we were in. I think this was when I was feeling a little bit sick and not totally knowing what was going on, but I don't attribute it to my sickness. And I remembered walking with the group and we were walking through different places. I think earlier that morning, uh, our team leader, Paul, had said, pay attention uh, to your, the things that you're feeling. Pay attention to your bodies and the things kind of around you because sometimes God kind of speaks to you through that. And as we were walking down this street, um, I remember putting this foot down and then I put this foot down on just pavement, normal pavement, nothing really going on, and shaking took place. I put this foot down and once this foot came off the ground, the shaking stopped. So it felt a little too localized, you know, for that to just be like maybe somebody was down there with jackhammer, <laughs> like just right underneath there, and that's what was going on. Um, possible. And I didn't pay attention to it. I thought maybe at that point in time, in that area, perhaps maybe we were outside of a storefront, and maybe that was a person. There was a person there that we could have talked to because the ground was shaking, which in our, in our interpretation was the kingdom of God was coming forth. The underground church was moving above ground. Um, but I didn't pay attention to it until I think um, like multiple steps later and we'd already passed and I couldn't necessarily look back and just sort of guess and then I sheepishly kind of told the group when we got back to the hotel to say like, this happened. I don't know if this is significant. This might feel weird. And, and even me telling you this is making, it, it, it fills me with a bit of uh, worry because it's like, oh, that's just a coincidence. You're a weirdo. <laughs> but I remember then talking about that and, and, and sort of seeing that, yeah, that's a significant thing. And that for us was a sign that God was at work, that our prayers even beforehand and our current prayers as we were praying that the ground would shake, that things would rise up, that God's kingdom would, would, would come forth, um, that our prayers were accomplishing something. One of the other uh, uh, impressions that, that people in the group had, these were more often other people uh, who got these impressions and not me, as, as God has gifted different people differently. We're all called to pray, but we all kind of pray uh, and hear God in, in accordance with our giftings, I think. But one of the impressions that we had was this passage of, of the writing on the wall, right, Joanne? Like it was, was it the Daniel story where there's writing on the wall to the kings and stuff of, the, of that time? And that was a sign to them uh, that, that, that God was speaking to them. 
in that, that first busy day when we went to a school, right, where our international worker was teaching, and it was a, a national school, like there's to be no mention of, of God, of church, or anything like that, and he's there to teach people, but also to make relationships and to love people and hopefully open a door where, where he would be able to, to speak about Jesus. As we walked into, I think it was the very first classroom, there was something written on, there was stuff written on the, on the, um, on the chalkboards. And we don't know it, like where it's in a different language, it's in, it's in the different uh, characters and stuff. But as the, the international worker that we were with looked at it, he said that it was, it was an explanation of the Trinity, right? That it was like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, written down in the local language, written on the wall. And he looked at that and he's like, I didn't do that. And nothing like that had ever happened uh, in, in that school before. And, and if there was a student, and he hadn't talked to anybody, like I don't think in his class kind of about that, but that that was uh, the writing on the wall. And, and we took great encouragement from this, that, that God has been speaking to us in preparation of this, uh, and that God was doing things, that again, the writing was on the wall, the kingdom was advancing, the ground was shaking, and that we felt like through our prayers and through the prayers that, that we were joining in with of the, of the national church, of international workers all over the place, of the, of the church here that prays for other countries, that God was doing things, that prayer was doing things, that it was accomplishing things, that we had no power in our own lives to accomplish. How do you change someone's life? How do you bring transformation into somebody's life? How, how do we as individuals cause somebody to believe in God? How do we heal somebody? How do we change power structures? How do we change oppressive systems of religion or leadership? Like we could think that we have the ability to do this and it would be good for us to work towards that, do what we can. But let's not overestimate what we're able to accomplish and let's not underestimate what God in prayer is able to accomplish. I was reading uh, in, in a book by Eugene Peterson um, and, and he was talking about why it is that we struggle with prayer and why it is that maybe we look at it as passive and that, we, and that we so often then, instead of, instead of turning to prayer, I'm not looking at my phone for text messages or anything, by the way, there's, there's something on here. <laughs> that while we, while we uh, look at prayer as passive and we look so much to the, to the work of our hands um, and our efforts as, as the real work, um, why it is that we do that? And he said this, I think, that if we are addicted to results, if we're addicted to results, if we need to see uh, that something has changed, that something has shifted. We will quickly lose interest in prayer. When we pray, we willingly participate in what God is doing without knowing precisely what God is doing, how God is doing it, or when we will know what is going on, if ever. That there really is this difficulty with prayer in the sense that we don't often see or we don't always get to see what has been accomplished. And I think that is where um, that's where my heart has been encouraged to be able to see as we have focused on prayer for this trip, uh, like what it is that God did through that. We don't even know. Like, I mean, we don't have like, you know, visible lives changed or, or like all these different things that are going on within this country that we've heard of. But we've seen these little indicators that God is up to something. 
and that because of our prayers and because of the prayers of others that things have actually happened. The boy's father in this story in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 9, when Jesus said to him, what do you mean if I can, if I can do something here? Like anything is possible if a person believes. And the boy's father says, I believe, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That that ourselves to say, I believe that prayer can do something, but so often we have this, this spirit of unbelief within us because we have seen or we have not seen what it is that we were hoping to see. So God, help us to believe. Help us to have faith. Help us to believe that prayer is not passive. Because in our prayers, God is active. And prayer is a major way, if not the way, to join in with God and what He is actively doing within this world. So God, help us to believe, help us to have faith. Let's pray. God, thank you that you call us to prayer. Thank you that you are active within this world. Thank you that you are active in this place. Thank you that you are active outside of this place, that you are moving within our community, that you are moving within the surrounding communities, that you are moving within our province, that you are moving within our country, that you are active where we are not active. And God, a part of our work is to uh, see what it is you're up to. And we do connect into that through prayer, through listening for you, through connecting with you, through communing with you. And then we see where it is that we're able to step in and serve with you. Jesus, would you inspire us further and further to prayer, to dedicate ourselves to pray, to work at prayer, to put effort into not... Uh, become faint or lose heart, but to give our efforts towards prayer. Would you encourage our souls? Would you encourage our hearts? Would you give us pictures of things that you are accomplishing, the writing that is on the wall, the ground that is shaking? Would you give us encouragement along the way? You know that we need encouragement, Father, and we trust uh, that you give to us what it is that we need. So, Father, for those who are wavering, for those who say, ah, but I've prayed, I haven't seen anything. God, reveal what they have done. Reveal what you have done because of their prayers. God, for those of us who are, are, are just considering what it means to pray, would you help us not to be discouraged when our, our minds wander and we find ourselves to be tired, when we can't dedicate hours and hours to prayer because we're still learning to walk in this and that you can eventually bring us to a place where we are uh, running uh, in our effort and in our prayers and accomplishing much as we uh, pray with you. So Jesus, uh, teach us, guide us, lead us, and help us to see that we are dependent on you. You've given us minds, you've given us bodies, you've given us wills, you've given us ability to do things. Um, but those are all held together by you. Those are all dependent on you. 
God, you make all things work. You hold all things together. It's because of you uh, that, that this can um, move, that your kingdom can advance, that your word will be known, that your name will be glorified. And so would you glorify your name? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.